Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. What's going on, everybody? It's been a while since I've gotten to say those words. How about this? Season two? Are we calling this season two? I think we should. I'm down for calling it season two. It's a new season of Cardinals baseball, that's for sure. And I am jazzed for it to be here. But without further ado, welcome into the show. Welcome back. I appreciate those of you who are listening to this episode after months from not hearing from me. Maybe you thought I fell into the ether and died. That was not the case. But it did kind of feel like baseball did that for a while. Lockout began on December 1st. It didn't end until way after it should have as the owners and players could not figure out an agreement. Eventually, the owners became a little more reasonable. And they finally got a deal done. And so I am coming to you live. Again, not live when you are listening to it, but live as I'm speaking it from Jupiter, Florida, down here at Cardinals camp as the Cardinals got things underway on Monday of this week. Today is Tuesday as I'm doing this recording, Tuesday, March 15th. And so I know we could have a million things to talk about because... About a million things have happened since the last time I did a podcast, but the goal, as always, and it's always an earnest and honest goal, is to make Be Safe Daily pretty much a daily podcast. And so during the Cardinal season in particular, I want to be coming to you five days a week. I'm going to do my darndest to make that happen. Uh, for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, what's the matter with you? But secondly, it's at Be Shafe for 12, by the way. But secondly, uh, I do have a few more time commitments, honestly, which is good. But more time commitments than I had last season in that I'm now doing a radio show, co-hosting the big show in Columbia, Missouri on KTGR and KTGR.com, which, by the way, even if you don't live in Columbia, we're worldwide at KTGR.com if you want to get updated on mid-Missouri sports. We talk a lot of Mizzou. We talk a lot of Cardinals. We'll talk a lot of Kansas City Chiefs when that's in season. We get into a little bit of St. Louis Blues as well. But a lot of fun with my pal Andy Humphrey. 4 to 6 p.m. weekdays on KTGR in Columbia. But what that means is I've got to manage my time a little better if I'm going to fit in B-Shape daily. But that is my intention. That is what I hope to do for this season. But I've droned on long enough, so let's get into one of the many topics that we could discuss. Where should we start? Honestly, I don't want to get too deep into the lockout stuff. It happened. I hated it. You hated it. It wasn't fun. Now that baseball's here, we're just going to jump right into the latest. And for the Cardinals on Tuesday in Jupiter, the latest is Jack Flaherty. And so I, there there will come a time, and, and if this is a topic that you want to hear more about, if there's anything in particular that I don't touch on that you're thinking, why didn't he bring that up? I am as accessible as it gets at bshafer12 on Twitter. Send me a DM. My DMs are open for you if you'd like to converse with me there. 
or just tweet at me if you want, uh, if you have something you'd like for me to discuss on the show that maybe I didn't get into enough depth on that you'd like to know about. I'm happy to always uh, have you guys do my work for me and come up with the show topics. But for today, because there was news at Cardinals camp on Tuesday, we probably should start there. It's an injury update for Cardinals starter Jack Flaherty, and that is not the direction you'd like for our conversation surrounding Jack Flaherty to go in mid-March, but that is where we are as Tuesday. Flaherty was not present at Cardinals camp. He was nowhere to be found. Didn't pitch on Monday either in the first day of full camp, and so that invited some questions as to what his status was, and those questions were answered in part a little later in the afternoon on Tuesday as Cardinals PR sent out a text to some of the media members that are down here at spring training. And I'll read to you directly what the text said. Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty had an examination of his right shoulder earlier today. The team expects to learn more from today's exam later tonight, which is Tuesday, or tomorrow morning, meaning Wednesday. So that was the news from Tuesday afternoon at Cardinals camp. Jack Flaherty getting a look and an examination at his shoulder, which is maybe the same, a little different relative to what's been going on with Alex Reyes, which we'll get into as well. I should probably do a better job of kind of uh, teeing up the topics here at the beginning. Hey, it's all about season two. We're working on improving in season two. After we get done discussing the Flaherty stuff, I'll get into Alex Reyes. There's some kind of health-related discussions surrounding him as well. And Jordan Hicks, which I think is maybe a more positive spin on a health conversation than is the case for the other two. But we'll get into that as well before this episode of B-Shafe Daily is expired. So let's dive into the Flaherty stuff. It's the shoulder. It's the same shoulder that he had a strain in last season. You remember toward the end of the season, he didn't pitch uh, and had to kind of be ramped up toward the very, very end for that playoff wildcard game. Whether or not he was going to be on that roster was a bit of a question. The reason for that was because of a shoulder strain. And then when he did return, he didn't really pitch as a starter. You saw a little bit of him, but not much. And remember, he had the oblique injury as well earlier in the season. Uh, You know, you think unrelated, but the human body, it's all connected in there, right? The oblique can lead to shoulder, can lead to to, to other issues, especially when you're talking about pitchers. And so that's certainly uh, interesting. It's notable. I think noteworthy maybe is the best word I could use. But the fact of the matter right now is it's a shoulder for Jack Flaherty and the extent of it is unknown. And so what that means is best case scenario, uh, you know, it's a little bit of rest and recovery and he's able to to rejoin the team and the the rotation thereafter. But you got to remember, this is a condensed spring training because of the lockout. And so the idea that Jack Flaherty, even if he's able to pick up a baseball in a week or two and begin kind of working his way back, which again, I would have to classify as, as the best case scenario at this point, you're probably not seeing Jack Flaherty ready with a starter's workload by opening day, which is April 7th now. And I, I think no matter who you are, if there's any sort of setback in spring training, you're, you're probably not going to be ready as a pitcher for your likely role in the rotation. It's just that part of the, the spring where guys have to be ramping up, and, and we see injuries all the time. Every year in spring training this happens, and that's why if you've listened to the show in the past, you've probably heard me say, Coming into spring training, you have to expect at least one of your starters, probably two, to be lost to injury. It happens every single year. And I like the look of the Cardinals rotation coming into this spring. I thought, wow, they've got five bona fide guys. Wainwright, Flaherty, Michaelis, 
Stephen Matz, Dakota Hudson. That's your five. That's going to be great. But inevitably, you know that that's not going to be your starting rotation for very long, if at all, because of injuries. We saw Adam Wainwright on Monday. He pitched. Saw Miles Michaelis throwing a bit today. Again, none of the guys are looking like they're going full intensity necessarily, but Michaelis got in uh, for, for a live BP, and it was interesting. He was going against really what you expect to be the heart of the Cardinals' order. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Tyler O'Neill in that same hitting group here at spring training today. We also saw left-hander Kyle Ryan as another pitcher to throw in that group to those hitters, which I think is noteworthy when you think about what the left side of the Cardinals' bullpen could look like this season. You know T.J. McFarland is back. Is Henesis Cabrera going to be part of that group? He showed up. Henesis did to camp on Tuesday after missing uh, the initial flight that was supposed to bring him here to Jupiter. So uh, as far as we know, he's ramping up and getting ready to go for a role in that Cardinals' bullpen. Uh, but it, it, obviously no Andrew Miller, right? The Cardinals are, are not going to be bringing him back. You wouldn't figure uh, that contract ends after three years and, and probably moderate disappointment. It just Andrew Miller was not the Andrew Miller that he once was, but that's what happens as players age. But long story short, left-handed side of the Cardinals bullpen, worth kind of wondering what the shakeout is going to be for that group. Kyle Ryan getting right in there on a main field against some of the Cardinals' best hitters. Uh, John Mozeliak was kind of meandering around that field as Kyle Ryan's live BP session was going. I don't know how closely he was watching. Maybe you can read into that if you want. But I think that's a guy the Cardinals are going to give a look to. Uh, Kyle Ryan pitched four years for the Tigers, missed 2018, pitched the last three seasons with the Cubs, uh, only got into 13 games with the Cubs last season, a 6.75 ERA in just over 13 innings. So, uh, just another one of the guys, another arm down here for the Cardinals in camp, non-roster guy. You got to have a lot of those kind of guys, right? Because not only are your star starting pitchers potentially going to get hurt, uh, your relievers could end up missing time, not being ready for the season, etc. And so what the Cardinals have done here, and, and we can talk about Drew Verhagen, we can talk about uh, Nick Whitgren, some of the signings the Cardinals have made, Zach McAllister. It seems like every day they're signing a new pitcher where you go, who, who's that? Well, it doesn't really matter who they are. Just know that they're, they're doing their darndest uh, by, by making these signings to say we've got to have depth. And I think part of the reason for that, and, and not that it's a direct comparison, maybe a little bit more so for Verhagen, but they, they probably didn't know about Flaherty's issues back when they signed him. But uh, the reason I say Verhagen, he, he's got experience as a starter, and so if the Cardinals need to backfill into that rotation, maybe he's a candidate to do it. And with Flaherty, I think that's probably the case. I think even in a best-case scenario, as I mentioned, you are dealing with a scenario where he is not ready uh, built up to be in the rotation to begin the season five innings, six innings at a time. That's a few weeks from now, right? It's March 15th. You're talking about three weeks, a little bit more than that away from opening day. And so uh, we'll see what the news is on Flaherty. The fact that this is recurring, the fact that he dealt with this last year, it's not encouraging. I haven't got the chance to talk to him, but I would have to imagine he's not thrilled, right? Because anytime Jack Flaherty is knocked out of competition because of an injury, because of something that's beyond his control, really, he, he's not happy about that. You remember last year, the, the frustration was just seeping from the guy. I remember one particular time, right when he was around the corner from getting back from the oblique injury, we all got a chance to talk with him on the field at Bush Stadium. And you could just tell, uh, even in talking, he was talking about it like it was past tense at this point because he was so close to returning by then. He had already, I believe, done a rehab assignment or two. He knew his return was right around the corner at that point. But the guy just doesn't, he doesn't even like to talk about situations where He's got to miss time due to injury. So I can't imagine he's too happy about the situation, but it's a human body. It's a pitcher. 
it's a difficult taxing motion to to pitch a baseball at the level that Jack Flaherty and other professional baseball players do. And so these things are going to happen, but you just don't want want it to be the shoulder. You really don't. I mean, Tommy John, we talked to Jordan Hicks today, and I'll get into it in a little bit, but Jordan Hicks basically talking about Tommy John surgery said, yeah, it's just a common injury for pitchers. So it's kind of supposed to be one of those deals where you get your surgery and you're on your way. Well, with the shoulder, it's often different. It's often just a much more daunting injury, a much more daunting part of the body to rehab and and fix on a more permanent basis. You get a new ligament in your elbow, you're good to go. But the shoulder is just, it's just a more complicated injury for pitchers. A lot of times we don't see guys come back from significant shoulder surgeries being the same guy that they were previously. And again, we don't know yet the severity of Jack Flaherty's situation. You can read into it to say that by late tonight or tomorrow being Wednesday, they would have more information about the results of his exam. I feel like there's there's some things known about what that could look like and, and maybe just coming up with the next steps and having that conversation with Jack Flaherty and, and the important people on the team is, is probably what could be taking place uh, before any of that is publicly revealed. Time will tell, right? We've got to be patient with it and, and wait to see what the situation is. I would be mildly surprised if the Cardinals came out Wednesday and said, yep, Jack Flaherty needs surgery and that's it. Like, I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen, but uh, because the Cardinals oftentimes, and especially in spring training, it seems like when there's when there's issues that could be considered mild to moderate issues, the Cardinals tend to try and, and go with, and, and this is across the board in Major League Baseball, you'll find this, but they try to go with the least invasive option, the the option that that can, can get a guy back on the field more quickly isn't going to be uh, so damaging long-term, if at all possible. And it may be the point where, because of the, the shoulder issues he kind of dealt with late last season, they already had this on the radar a little bit, and now they, they could just be getting to the step of, okay, it's time for something more severe that we have to do to try and fix this issue. Ideally, that would not be the case, but it's just speculation at this point. Anything I would say is speculating. All I can say that, that feels a little bit more concrete, again, is the idea that I just don't think you'll see Jack Flaherty ready for the rotation. I don't know that that's a particularly hot take. It might be a hot take to say something like that in mid-February if spring training had just started two days ago and and we were getting this news on Flaherty, but we're a month behind, practically an entire month behind on the spring schedule of what you'd normally have with pitchers and catchers reporting in the middle of February around the 15th, right around Valentine's Day, give or take, and then the rest of the teammates joining a few days later, and that's kind of typically when we get our first look at guys and the team as well gets a look at guys after a a lengthy offseason and can then kind of make some of those determinations like, okay, this is not where player X, Y, or Z is supposed to be, and so we have to we have to figure out what we're going to do about that. Well, it's even ramped up more so this season because of the shortened and condensed nature of spring. And so with Flaherty, I think the Cardinals are going to have to come up with some answers. I don't know what those answers are going to be. Your, your rotation does not look nearly as, as daunting uh, for opposing hitters if you don't have Flaherty slotted in near the top of it next to Adam Wainwright. I think Michaelis can be good this year. I think Dakota Hudson can be very good this year. And I'm interested to see what we, we see from Steven Matz. I think he can be a quality contributor as well. Didn't see him today at spring training, or maybe I just don't know what he looks like, and I didn't go to every field. But I digress. I think you could come up with a pretty good rotation. But without Flaherty, without one of your top one or two guys, suddenly you lose, a, you lose an edge that your rotation had that it won't have without him. And so... Next step is to to figure out, A, first, what, what's going on with Flaherty and how soon can he be back. But, B, I think, on the mind of the teams and certainly on Cardinals fans, 
on their minds has got to be who replaces Jack Flaherty in the rotation. And you kind of don't have that Alex Reyes option or even that Jordan Hicks option that you would hope that you would have coming into this spring. And not for injury-related reasons, although that may be the case. But just because of the fact that it's so condensed, they don't have the time to build these guys up the way they had planned to do. If you came in in mid-February and, and assuming Reyes, Hicks, both healthy, they could start building up as starters and, and continue that progression into mid-March, into March. And next thing you know, season begins and those guys are built up to 75, 85, maybe more pitches. They can be part of your rotation conversation. Now they cannot be. That was one thing that John Bozalak mentioned last Thursday in, in kind of the Zoom welcome back that, that he did. The Cardinals did not talk to media at all. Uh, the team did not uh, during the lockout. And so this was kind of the first chance on Thursday last week that people had to get to talk with Moselak. And, and one of the takeaways there was, yeah, we probably aren't going to be able to build up Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks the way we thought we might be able to uh, when we last spoke in, in November, December, because there's just not time. And it, it probably isn't going to be a factor as much. Even if you have injuries, I just don't think they can they can make that happen the way they thought they wanted to. And so is it Matthew Libertor? Is he somebody that could could get a look right out of spring? I say that would be be pretty swift. That would be kind of a surprise just because if the Cardinals didn't think he was ready right away last year to make that leap at some point in the season, maybe a lot hasn't changed necessarily in the offseason. Now, he's not a member of the 40-man roster, so he did have that opportunity to uh, meet with the team if he wanted to about his plan and stuff during the offseason. Only ma- uh, players on the 40-man were prohibited from doing so as they're members of the MLB Players Association. But I just don't know that there's been enough time, enough opportunity to really get a look at Libertor to say that they're, that I believe the Cardinals are going to be willing to put him right into the rotation at the beginning of the season. He'll get chances in spring, but again, fewer spring games means fewer innings for guys to show their progress. And so that's tricky. That's going to be a tough one to see whether the Cardinals are are willing to go that route right away. Jake Woodford, obviously another candidate. They've got arms. You may not be so excited about some of these guys that you would consider depth being part of the conversation for the opening day rotation, but that's kind of where you are when you lose guys in, in, in a spring that it's only going to last three or so weeks anyway. And so could be the case that you see Drew Verhagen could be the I mean, they signed him two years, 5.5 million. He's got experience as a starter in the past guy that could give you innings. And that's part of the reason I think the Cardinals are signing so many guys because they just don't know. They don't know what these next few weeks are going to bring. And you've got to be prepared. You you might look at some of these signings and say, where are all these guys going to pitch? I mean, they, they don't have that many roster spots to put all these guys. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It's a good thing to be uh, throwing a little bit of money at this problem, at this potential problem, to say that you've just got to throw arms at this situation and see how many of them pan out. And the good news for the Cardinals is, and I and I do think this is the way they should be approaching it, and they are, is the guys they're signing, it's not like they're signing, you know, Joe Kelly every time. I believe he went to the White Sox. They're not signing the guys that are going to get six, eight, ten million dollars a year. They're signing Two years, five point five million. They're signing one year, two one point two million. You know, it's it's not prohibitive. Some of the costs of these arms that the Cardinals have been signing doesn't make them very exciting necessarily for fans. When you see, okay, the Cardinals signed another guy, what does that mean? Well, it means that they know that it's going to take a lot of pitchers to get through the season. It always does, and, and and so I think instead of trying to put themselves in a spot where they have to scramble like they did the middle of the last season with Luis Garcia, T.J. McFarlane in June, July area. 
they're hoping that they can they can pick on the front end and say, hey, there's free agents out there because of the lockout. Let's identify the guys that we want and let's try and go get them so we come in a little more prepared to try and avoid that situation of it's mid-June and we don't have any pitching because that did not go well for the Cardinals during that portion of the season last year. So that's about all I have to say on Jack Flaherty. Going to move on to some of the other pitchers that we still need to discuss, but certainly you can expect more to come on Flaherty later this week in Jupiter. Keep it locked on B-Shape Daily for updates and analysis on that situation. Let's get into Alex Reyes because he's another pitcher dealing with a potential shoulder issue. Ali Marmol, who's the Cardinals manager, by the way. I've, I've talked to people who said, yeah, the lockout was so long. When, when you say Oliver Marmol, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, wait, oh yeah, Mike Schultz, not the manager. Like, it's been so long that you've forgotten. But that is the case. Ali Marmol is the main man in charge down here in Jupiter. I do believe over the long run that Cardinals fans are going to grow to like this guy as the manager of the team. I think he's very personable. I think he's a good communicator. You just tell in the way that he, he interacts that uh, he, he's got a solid handle on what this means. A little bit of the uh, first day of school vibes yesterday uh, with the first presser a, a, as the manager of the team, or I should, I should say presser, the first kind of scrum down in, in front of the picnic tables uh, outside the Cardinals clubhouse here in Jupiter. The first day of spring, you got a dozen media arms put in there in front of your face, and, and they're shouting out questions. It did kind of feel like the first day of school, because we've seen Ali Marmol around. He was on the staff. He just wasn't the guy, and now he is the guy. And so uh, I think he will assimilate and settle into his role nicely, and, and he's going to have some challenges, though. And let's get to potentially another one of them, and that's Alex Reyes, who last year did such a great job for the Cardinals as a closer, as a, a significant reliever for a good bulk of the season. Obviously, the Cardinals season ended on his right arm with the home run that he gave up in the wild card game, knocked out by the Dodgers, but that was not, you know, indicative to me of what Alex Reyes' season was. He was an all-star, very good season. Well, he'd like to be able to repeat that in 2022. We're going to see if the health is going to cooperate for him. News kind of dropping on Monday. Oliver Marmol says the, he was getting an extended look I believe it's a phrase that Marmol used about Alex Reyes. Also talking about his shoulder, though. And then Reyes did say later on, uh, when media got a chance to talk to him, that he wasn't overly concerned about the issue himself. Uh, just dealing with a little soreness, working his way through some things. After which, you got to remember, last year for him was really his first full season in quite a while. Came up with the Cardinals in 2016. Remember, was in the rotation that September. Did a really good job and, and got you really excited about what his future could be. And then from there, it was one injury after another and, and missed season after another. And so 2021, really his first full season in a long time where he wasn't significantly delayed by any injury. He didn't have COVID like he did in 2020 to where he basically was there the whole time, but that doesn't really count as a full season when you don't log the kind of innings that you otherwise would. So really for Reyes, that was a, a probably a toll on his body that he maybe had to get a little bit of uh, familiarity with once again after so many years of having that not be the case. And so that could be it. That could be all we have to worry about with Alex Reyes. It's just a little residual soreness and he'll be back and good to go. He was out there on Tuesday doing team drills with the rest of the pitchers, uh, some PFP, things like that. No, no throwing involved in that for Reyes, but he was at least out there in uniform, which feels like something better than nothing. I, again, Jack Flaherty was not out there on Tuesday. The pitcher himself not being concerned about it and speaking about Alex Reyes doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't be. Uh, how many times have we heard that a pitcher isn't concerned or a player is not concerned about their injury status 
and it turns out they end up missing a significant portion of a season. That is definitely possible for Reyes, but to me, it's at least encouraging in the short term that he was out there still participating. To me, that means, hey, stay sharp for stuff because we're hoping you can ramp up your throwing program here in a matter of weeks. So readiness for the opening day roster, long-term outlook for Reyes, kind of too early to say, but definitely another guy you want to keep an eye on as far as the way the rest of his spring develops another guy that that's definitely true for as well as Jordan Hicks but I think you might end up with a a more positive spin on what that looks like for Jordan Hicks because again he's another guy with injuries uh 2021 really didn't pitch just appeared in like 10 games and that was after missing the 2020 season and the latter half of the 2019 season uh when he got the Tommy John 2020 was the COVID year Uh, he's diabetic so didn't feel at the time that he wanted to be around that environment when when COVID, you know, it's it just seemed like that was a, a too big of a risk for him. He was recovering from Tommy John anyway, and so uh, they just decided to to go ahead and not play in that 2020 season. Last year started out looked okay, had an injury crop up once again, and it was kind of weird for Hicks. The remainder of the season, you didn't hear a whole lot about him, and at first it was kind of like they made it sound like a short term injury, but there was never really a timetable. And then as time continued to go on, it was like, oh, I think it's pretty clear that if I read between the lines, I'll realize Jordan Hicks is not playing this year. Like, he's not coming back. Well, he didn't. He did get to pitch a little bit in the Arizona Fall League, told us today that that was an important step in his uh, kind of progress to be able to to do that and, and get the work in that he needed at that time. And right now where Jordan Hicks is, Cardinals are hoping to have him built up to 45, 50 pitches or so by the time they leave spring camp. And that's interesting because it's not exactly a starter's role, right? They, he was one of those guys that they were wanting to be built up to be a starter this year, pre-lockout. And the lockout kind of tanked that. Not an injury tanked it because, again, he's been recovering. And, and basically what he told us today was, by the way, kind of burying the lead here, he had a partial tear, another small tear in that repaired ligament by the Tommy John surgery. But it was something that they believed with injections With rehab and rest, he would be able to work through. And so that's the way they approached it for Jordan Hicks last year. But that's why he didn't pitch. It was elbow-related, which I think we kind of knew. But a partial tear that they they found other avenues to be able to work through. As of right now, seems to be okay. And that's the important part. But just something to keep in mind, they did not surgically repair it again. And he kind of worked through it through other means, including some injections that he told us today he got. But that was the case for Jordan Hicks. And, And then coming into this season... He's basically what I could say on a normal schedule, but I would say maybe a little bit delayed from that just because the Cardinals are going to want to be careful with him. Could be facing hitters any time now, but hasn't yet, which it's day two. Uh, based on the way the, the schedule usually goes, probably would have faced live BP hitters by now. Had done so, obviously, in the Arizona Fall League, and so it's not like from an injury perspective uh, he's delayed, but it's just they've elected not to go that route with him just yet not firing at full intensity. A lot of times that's kind of the way early spring training goes. And then you have to ask, okay, when a guy gets up to full intensity, what's he going to look like? I think that's what you kind of saw with Miles Michaelis last year when he was pitching in spring. We were watching him from the tower, which we were up in this tower on the quad at spring training at the Cardinals complex in Jupiter. We had our masks on. We had our binoculars, so you couldn't really tell. But Miles Michaelis wasn't throwing full intensity in his bullpen. You could tell that much. And sure enough, whenever he would try to ramp up, it wasn't going well. And so he ended up missing uh, some time to injury early last season. At this point in the spring, again, we're two days in, everybody is pretty much doing that right now. You're not going to see the most intense a guy has to offer, especially a guy like Jordan Hicks coming off of an injury. 
but I imagine they'll ramp him up pretty soon. If their plan is to get him close to 50 pitches, that's a multi-inning role. That could be a valuable role for the Cardinals, uh, especially considering what's going on in the starting rotation right now. you got to find those innings, and you need quality in those innings, and, and Jordan Hicks could certainly represent that. And it, it's possible that they find his his body just responds better to more of a, I don't want to say a starter's workload or program, but a program that's not just a relief pitcher where you come in, you know, every day or every other day and you say, hey, can you throw 104 for us today for nine pitches? We kind of need you for that ninth. That's not going to be the case for Jordan Hicks necessarily, the way the Cardinals are talking about his role perhaps expanding a little bit for 2022. Maybe that's better on his health. Maybe that's better on his arm for longevity. Uh, I think that you might have a Jordan Hicks that, that could be a little bit more versatile than he's been given credit for. And I remember when he first came up, that year he was a starter in spring training. He threw like five or so shutout innings against the Washington Nationals, I want to say it was, in his final start. And that kind of earned him a spot in the bullpen. But I thought, well, he looks pretty good as a starter. Maybe you could consider that being a role for him in the future. He was too good in the bullpen, so the Cardinals never did until you end up uh, having some injury situations, maybe reshape the game plan. And so that could be the case going on with Jordan Hicks right now. Time will tell, but it seems like an encouraging update, especially relative to to Reyes, who a little bit uncertain right now. And Jack Flaherty, I would say more ominous than anything else. But we do have to wait and see what the results of that exam on his right shoulder were. Going to have one more topic I'd like to touch on before I get out of here for today's B-Shape Daily. And it's kind of a big one. And it's kind of one we're not talking a lot about just yet, but maybe we should be. Yadier Molina is nowhere to be found at Cardinals camp. Today on Tuesday for the second day in a row, we kind of knew to expect this after Monday when John Mozeliak said he's away for the team right now and has not reported yet to camp due to a personal reason. Asked for a little more insight on that. John Mozeliak said, you know, Yadier just asked me if it would be all right to take a little time getting in. Personal reason, Mosellock said, yep, that's fine. What else are you going to say? And that's kind of the extent of it so far. But the way Mosellock talked, it didn't seem like, oh, his flight's delayed and it's going to be one more day. It's going to be maybe a number of days. Mosellock said, I hope to get with Yadi to talk with him about it over the next coming days. Well, that's multiple. That's a, a little bit interesting, a little suspicious. I don't know. I'm not, I'm making no grand implications at this point, guys, but I did feel like it's something worth mentioning that in, in the final year of Yadier Molina's career, the way he's announced it to be, and Adam Wainwright, possibly his last year as well, you've got that battery going after the record for most starts by a single battery in Major League Baseball history, and Yadi is not here on time at Cardinals camp. So I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than that at this point, but it's something to just kind of keep in your mind because it feels like just one of those things where news could come up at any given time. Obviously, it doesn't seem like it's an injury-related situation, or they'd say that. But personal reasons, maybe he just needs a little more time. Uh, you know, the lockout ended all of a sudden. If Yachty had a situation uh, that, that he had planned for, you know, you knew that that could happen, that it could end at any moment. But at the same time, folks have lives and, and maybe other stuff that they plan. It's, it's kind of hard to sit idle for weeks and months just waiting for something to occur that, let's be honest, for a while it didn't seem like it was going to happen between the owner's and the players to resolve that dispute and come up with a new CBA. And so it could be as simple as Yachty just had some loose ends to tie up and he'll be at Cardinals camp by the end of the week. It also could not be that simple. We just don't know yet. And so I think I'd be a pretty crummy uh, Cardinals reporter if I'm down here doing a half an hour podcast from Jupiter today 
and not bringing up Yadier Molina's name uh, because uh, he's not here yet, and, and we really don't know why. So I'm going to leave you with that, not to be too ominous or anything, but right now we just don't know any any information on that with regard to Molina, and so that's something to definitely keep an eye on as time goes on and as this camp develops. But with that, we are going to call an end to this episode of B-Shape Daily. I appreciate you guys for hopping back on with me. Make sure you're subscribed and locked into B-Shape Daily wherever you get your podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you like audio. We are probably there, so make sure to hit us up. I like Spotify personally. Uh, Anchor as well, if you've got the app, is another way to do it. Um, So whatever floats your boat, I say go for it. Just make sure you're locked in on B-Shape Daily all spring and all baseball season long. Appreciate you guys once again. We'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace!